Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg... This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the Isles Buzz Podcast. This is your one-stop shop for everything surrounding your New York Islanders. And now, here are your hosts, Dan Petru and Noel Fogelman. All right, thank you so much for joining us. This is the Isles Buzz Podcast. I'm Dan Petru. I'm Noel Fogelman, part of the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. Dan, we have a ton of shows on our network. Islanders Anxiety, PT Isles. Yep. Uh, new Islanders Award winners this week featuring the Calder season of Brian Burrard. And it's a really good listen. Uh, latest Lighthouse Look Back features Brad Delgarno. It's a good listen. My favorite Islanders game. There's a ton it's of... just really... If you check yeah. out the Lighthouse Network, there's so much... There's something for everyone. We appreciate you coming by and listening to us. We know you have choices. So yeah, Thank you choices. so much. Plenty to talk about today, Noel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, a little come-from-behind win last night against Dallas Stars. A thrilling overtime win with bookends by two goals by Anthony Bavoglia. They needed that win, too, because after, uh, after that third goal by the Stars, which was, was just not a good goal by no. Balama, he was fine. He was good. He was good for overall for the game. Um, that was not a good goal of his. Uh, I, he redeemed himself on Jamie Benn in overtime. But after after that goal, I was like, oh, they have to find a way. Actually, right before they scored, I texted you, they got to find a way to get two points tonight. And it was just like, crap. So, uh, look, it's still not perfect. 
It's still a work in progress, but the last two games are encouraging. Yes, they lost to Vancouver, but they came back against a really good team there, got a point. They came back last night against another really good team, got the two points. Like I said, it's still not pretty. The power play is still a mess. Um, however, however, look, one, going one for five in the power play is not great. But when you absolutely need the power play goal and you get it, then I, that, that's a good thing. They needed that goal at that moment, and they got it. So that's a good thing from the power play. The first two power plays of the night in the first period were very good. They just didn't score. And that goes to the underlying issue, which we always talk about, 18 shots in the first period, one goal, tie game. Um, when you dominate like they did the first 15 minutes of that period, which is one of the best periods they played in probably a month, right? you got to come out with a couple goals. right? I, mean, I, I Honestly, the chances they had in that first period, they should have had like a three-goal lead. Yeah, I mean, it's, and if I see Jordan Everly just shoot a mile away from the goal one more time, he has a knack for doing yeah, they that. They were shooting season. high last night, but that's because of Bishop. Right, I mean, he obviously, I, I, I get tall. that he's 9 6. Right. Yes. Yeah. But uh, that, that goal that Barzell had was unbelievable. It was. Between the legs. I mean, it was more, I think, a tip in. Yeah, both, it was. Which it was, was yeah, more, so weird. It was, yeah. That's even harder. You put it between your legs and you redirect the puck. Exactly. Uh, they needed that after they had that goal waved off. Uh, like you said, I mean, the power play in, in the first period, they had chances. you, you got to score there because they have to be perfect every night. They do, and it's not sustainable. Right, and, you know, when they give up maybe one or two power play um, chances, I should say, and the other team convert, that's a problem. It is. You know, going, you know, into the first period, the first intermission tied at one, that's a problem when you dominate that period. It's like this This team has to be perfect defensively. It has to be darn near perfect in goal. And try and work so hard. They have to work so hard for their goals. That's not a sustainable formula. But the last two games has looked like the Islander team that we saw during the 17-game point streak. So there are some encouraging things to take away. Also, what was encouraging from last night was to play the third line. Because they desperately need more depth in their middle six. And their bottom six. Right, and the third line was highlighted by the NHL debut of Keeper Bellows. We could talk about the timing of it, yeah. Because there are a couple ways to look at it. Because he could have been up a month ago when he was riding the hot streak. The trade deadline's only three, less than three weeks away, right. so maybe they're showcasing. We'll talk about that a little bit in a little while. But he played just over nine minutes. He looked good. As far as he had a you know good opportunity, you know, shot, got his first uh, NHL point, yep. assistant for Sarge's goal. Added that later on. Maybe it was a little uh, gift, but. He got the point, which is great. It was kind of a funny story that uh, Andrew Gross of Newsday informed him that he got the assist. Oh, wow. So I wonder if they had the puck. Yeah. I, if they, if I, I, I hope so. Yeah. I, I hope so. But, I mean, you can give that to Broussard, who hasn't scored since, I think, the Bush administration. <laughs> you could yeah. give that puck to Broussard. But, but the, the third line looked they look a little rejuvenated. They looked like an initial line. Exactly, because Kunafel was terrible on Saturday. He was. He sat most of the third right. bench. So. Whether they're showcasing Bellows or they're going to play him, it could be a win-win. If he's going to give that line energy like that, maybe it's just a fir- you know first night. You know, we saw that from, we saw it from Wallstrom his first couple of games, it, and then it fell off a right. cliff. So exactly. obviously, there's going to be probably his first three or four games. There's going to be an adrenaline uh, influx. There's going to be a little injection of life into that line. The is it st- sustainable? Does he adjust once the league adjusts to, his, adjusts to him? And can he be productive? I mean, he had a good scoring chance. That was a good save right. by Bishop. You can see how quickly he got that shot off, yeah. which he created himself. Another thing that's encouraging. Right. So all in all, for a debut, I think it's great. Now you guys see what happens moving forward because they desperately need a third line to be to be good, and maybe baby steps with Del Cole. Right. He's showing some signs of life. Right. Um, you just want to see. You just want him to be noticeable in the offensive end. 
He doesn't have to score every game. No. Maybe once every three games is fine. Would be like nice. Getting a point once every three games would be fine, but just create some goal-scoring opportunities. Right. That line needs to generate right. chances. And, you know, it's funny because, obviously, Michael Del Cole was drafted to score, was supposed to be a big, you know, scoring winger. Right. Maybe this is just what Michael Del Cole just, you know, became. But you can find so, anybody to do that. Uh, agreed. And, and he, provide more offense. No, uh, you're probably right. But, you know, the book's not closed on him yet. I mean, he's still about 22. Right. Well, so maybe maybe he's destined to be a fourth-line player. Maybe, and he can possibly pop in 10 goals. Uh, we started that beginning of the year. Maybe if the Colton pop in 12, that'd be great. He'd right. He only, he only has three. So, right. I mean, if he gets six, I mean, that's, you know, we'll probably. See, it's a hot streak. Maybe, the, maybe the future is him on the fourth line with Zekas because we don't think my, my, Matt Martin's going to be back next year. We don't know what's going to happen with Clutterbuck. Right. They're going to need to save money. They can't have an expensive bottom six. So maybe Dal Cole's someone you can plug into your fourth line right. moving forward. However, like I said, I still think you can find players in the similar price similar price range that can do more offensively. Yeah, I mean, you still have Ross Johnson signed. So yeah, three or four more years at a million. I mean, I don't need to see him. He's a nice guy. He tries really hard. He's yeah. been productive in his role, but they need more. They need more in the in the bottom six. Right. Now. I mean, his penalty minutes can't be more than his ice time. That's correct. And that's what it is every yeah. every game. Yeah, I need to. Yeah, the guys need to be able to play regular shifts, and, and you know, also maybe in a perfect world, maybe Doc Cole clears waivers and goes to Bridgeport, and someone you can call up in a pinch to, to cover an injury. It, it's maybe. possible. You know, I, mean, I think he would clear. Yeah, I, I think so. Too. So maybe just you know, it's nice having someone like that in the organization you can, yeah. you can trust to fill in. But I still think moving forward, they need an upgrade in that, in that especially in that bottom six, that third line. That third line needs an upgrade. It, it, it really I mean, does. And, it, well, and we'll talk about that when we get to the when we get to the trade talk. Right, and uh, I guess the daily transaction is Rashnaho got sent down again, uh, leaves them with six defensemen. Weird. Which obviously you have to it, think they'll call someone up for the road trip. You would think so. The injury to Hickey is still killing them. There's yes. really no time to table for his return. Down there, there's really no other defenseman no. besides Aho. No. Which was, I guess they sent him down so he can play the game, which is currently going on. Right, yeah. The afternoon, afternoon game. Maybe they'll bring him back up following the game. Right. Just to get him, you know, a game in, in, in between the two, that would the make two sense. games. That would actually make sense. So that's what I think they'll end up doing. Whether he gets into an Islander game this year or soon is anyone's guess unless there's an injury. But I guess we can kind of talk about um, the trade deadline, which is it's early this year. It's it is, which February is twenty fourth, and right. there aren't too many teams that are left, you know, fighting for playoff spots. It's, it, which is weird this year. Usually, there's a ton more, and given with the early trade de- deadline, there wouldn't be too many teams. But in the um, yeah, in the it East, is it is kind of defined, right? Because um, if you look at it, once you get past, I mean, I don't think Montreal's a contender. No, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah, once right. you get past Carolina, yeah. you have you have the Islanders' first wild card spot at 66, then the uh, the Flyers at 65, then Toronto and Carolina at 63. Then it falls off a cliff. Right, exactly. And Montreal's at 57, so they're eight points, eight points behind the Flyers, and they've played two more games. No yeah. way, no, they're out. Right, Rangers, I mean, probably out. Yeah. Um, Sabers are a disaster. Sabers are so. Yeah. so crazy. It's like every year you, you expect more from them and the bottom falls out. And please, Eichel, force me one, say you want to be traded. Yeah. Um, I would trade everything for Jack Eichel. Uh, I would too. I, 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 would seriously, I would never do this podcast again if that's what it took. Yeah, people would probably be happy with that. Probably. <laughs> Ottawa clearly out. Yeah. New Jersey clearly out. Detroit's been eliminated from next year's playoff contention. Yeah. They're all-time bad. And then what about the West? Yeah, I mean the West. I mean, uh, there's not pretty much the same thing. Uh, 
I think everyone from Nashville to Minnesota is probably. I mean, I'm giving Minnesota a little more credit. Yeah, Minnesota is six points back with, but they've played two less games. Yeah. And then you have Winnipeg, Chicago, Nashville, all three games back, but they're really all of them are trending in the wrong direction. Yeah, they are. Um, that yeah, jeez. The, the West might be a little bit more, uh, more defined than the East. Yeah. As opposed to, obviously, all three California teams are selling. Right, exactly. That's been defined. And the wild card of all these teams is Winnipeg. Yeah. You know, because it looks like they have some clarity on, you know, Dustin Buffalin. Right. So it gives them a little bit of cap relief. But there are guys on there that they can easily trade. They have so many attractive have pieces. A ton of talent. And they desperately need defense. Yeah, I think the really the only guy who's off the market would be probably Marshall. Oh, absolutely. Everyone else, I, I think, could be had. I think, I, and that includes Wheeler. I agree. I know his contract's not great. Right. He's, he's not young, but you would take Blake Wheeler in a heartbeat. I, I would do and that. You know, the Islanders have a, a lot of cap space for right now. They do. Right. Next season is another story. But for right now, they, they can take on, I would say, a bad contract if it means it's getting another valuable piece in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not saying Blake Wheeler's going to get traded. I'm just no, saying, of course not. Right. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. But he's yeah. not having a great year, but he still has 45 points in 54 yeah. games. And he would lead the team. He would lead the Islanders. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Ehlers is a perfect guy for the Islanders. He's having, Ehlers having a good year. 41, yeah. 41 points, 54 games, 18 goals. Right. Um, I think, I think you know what? I think Kyle Connor's untouchable, too. You're probably right. He just signed a deal. He's, he's too young. He's, up there. he's yeah. a really good player. Um, Patrick Line is probably untouchable. You would think so. I mean, if they were offered the right, like, would you trade Noah Dobson? Yes, for him? I wouldn't do twice, and I think that would get, probably get it I done. Would, I would do Noah Dobson a first round pick, and anything else I needed to do. I, I think that would get it done. You'd have so you'd have the best goal scorer since probably Mike Bossy on the team. Yeah, and you put him with Barzal. I mean, that's like legit dangerous. Probably one of the best two one two punches in the league. Absolutely. You know, you got Connor McDavid and Drysaddle. Yeah, those two. Definitely. And, you know, and the guys in Colorado. Right. Because we, we all know Line A doesn't want to be there. No, he doesn't. No one chooses to be in Winnipeg. <laughs> not really. I mean, yeah, come on. Yeah. Let's, let's, not, let's not kid ourselves. Right. Um, so that's, there's definitely some speculation there based on, you know, his desire probably not to play in Winnipeg. And I just feel like Win- I feel like Winnipeg blames him unfairly for some things. Right. They need a coaching change badly. He's been That's forever. the first thing. Yeah. I feel like instead of doing a coaching change, there's some kind of loyalty there between Dayoff and Maurice. Yeah. I feel like the GM might do something rash and stupid. And trading line A would be something rash and stupid. stupid. Right. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, it depends on the return. But, I mean, he's a dynamic player. He just needs a, you know, a scene change for sure. But uh, there was an interesting article in the uh, Athletic this week by Pierre Lebron. Uh, yeah, basically showcasing... Uh, Six trades that could happen mm-hmm. that make a lot of sense. One of them was surprisingly the honors. <laughs> and had Ottawa trading uh, John Gabriel Paggio and Ron Hainsey, which I just need a depth defenseman. He would fit. I don't love Hainsey, but, but him coming out of the press box to, to fill a role would be fine. Right. If he can platoon with Boychuk's, not the end of the world. Right. Um, Dobson needs to play. He's, right. He's exactly. showing. Look, I, say, I just said I would trade him for I would Dobson for Patrick Line. There's probably ten players in the league I would trade Dobson for right, right. now, and Line is one of them. And he gets better every game. Exactly. Uh, Dobson yeah. looks like he's gonna be fantastic. Right. I, I I'm not advocating trading Dobson. But if you get I, like a, someone who's twenty something, someone's right. in their early twenties under contract for six seven years right. at a very reasonable price, right. then we're talking. Yeah. Like, right. like he's not gonna. Tampa's you know Tampa's obviously uh, course corrected themselves. Yes. Something like a Braden Point. Someone like that, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, if Johnny Gaudreau was available. Of course. It's someone who has term. Jack Eichel. Ter- so, yeah, right. exactly. Someone yeah. who is young and has, is locked up and has term you don't have to worry about for right. years. Yeah. So, but with that being said, I think Dobson shows 
signs of brilliance. Absolutely. He looks like he's getting more and more confident. You can see his skating ability really come out, and he is going to be a dynamic two-way defenseman. And it's it's funny because he's probably still be in the press box. Maybe play every once every seven games. I know. If Adam Pellet's going to get hurt, and that's really the only bright spot of his injury because Pellet was sneak, sneakily good, and he was probably their best defenseman. But back to uh, LeBron. Yeah, article. exactly. So Ron Hayes, Ron Hayes, he knows uh, Lou Amarillo well. He's from Toronto, so. Islanders would receive those two in exchange for this year's conditional second round pick, a conditional third in 2021, and Kiefer Bellows, who I think that's why he's up here now, personally. You can say they just need a spark. I think it's clearly to showcase him in potential trade. Uh, people don't want to trade a conditional second round or a conditional third, whatever draft picks. I mean, you got to get players now. But the conditions of the second round pick, it would become a first round pick if they reach the second round, to be honest, that is. Paggio played at least 50% of the games, which clearly he will. Yeah. The third round pick becomes a second if Paggio resigns to the Islanders, which hopefully they can get that done quickly if we'll worry about that. Ah, yeah, it's, it's, it's speculative. This is all speculative, yeah, right, exactly. You, know, you don't know what the final price would be there, right. you, you know, but what... I think Pierre is saying is there's a fit for both teams there. Yeah, I mean, obviously... I don't know if I'd go with a second and a third, or that conditional can become a one. I think I would just maybe go with a two and three, or or a two and a better prospect. I'm not sure. I, I You know, I, I think I, I don't even know if Ottawa would want Bellas, to be honest with you. I, I think, they, I think they, they, they're pretty good up front when it comes to their prospects. They probably would want someone off the blue line. It probably, I mean, obviously that Asper Dobson, which would get shot down. Of course. Uh, other than that, they have Bodie Wild, who's kind of been injured off and on this year. Sebastian Ajo would be a nice fit. He's ready to go in the NHL. Unfortunately, uh, Mitchell Van missed the whole year. He'd be another piece. Sure. Other than that, I mean, Parker Orlespoon, I don't think so. So the only of those couple couple guys, I mean, they're not going to trade, you know, they probably want a regular one, not a conditional one. Which probably. That's probably, you probably. know, a non-starter right there for the Islanders. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean... This is a guy that the owners have liked for a while. Most teams like. I mean, 20 goals to score, you one of the best. Uh, well, we talked about him three years ago. Yeah, exactly. happened. Yeah, it's like every show we talk about Because yeah, he's always well. seemed like that guy would be yeah. a perfect fit. Exactly. He was great in, in, the, in their playoff run for the conference finals. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, he's, and he's Casey Sezekis, who's a little, faster, a little faster version of Casey Sezekis with more offensive upside. Right. And then if, if, if somehow they get him, you slide him in the third line. Yes. Center, you have Barzali, you have... Nelson, him, and Tzadikas. All of a sudden, that's a great, you know, down the middle, right Plus, there. Plus, he's great face offs and he can kill penalties. Yeah, exactly. And they desperately need another uh, penalty killer, especially with Clutterbuck out or Pelic out. Right. Uh, another guy who did get traded, and it seems like pretty much the only guy who's got traded this year, is Taylor Hall. Right. Um, the no, they're still in the playoffs. They're still, I mean, every day it seems it fluctuates, but they're hanging on by it's a thread. It's Yeah, exactly. Um, they'll probably still be around the playoffs, if not like in the second wild card, even the first wild card, in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So they have to decide whether they want to just sneak into the playoffs because they haven't been in a while, or kind of cut their losses and kind of regain what they gave up. Uh, and if I'm the Islanders, I jump on it. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I think they need to make the playoffs. So I think they, they didn't give up a ton for them. They really didn't. They didn't give up any of their high-level prospects. Um, you know, the picks are the picks. I think Phoenix, if Phoenix is in a position to make the playoffs, I think they have to go for it. And the way they play, with Darcy Kemper possibly being, uh, you know, someone who's won the Vezina Trophy this year, 
Um, he keeps them in every game. Yeah, I feel like if they got in, they're a team that might be able to upset someone in the playoffs because of their style. Uh, they don't score enough goals, but they, you know, they're so good. They're like Islanders West almost, the way they play in their own end. So, like I said, they haven't made the playoffs in a few years, and just to get into the first round is a big deal for them. So I'm not sure if they're sitting there in a wild card spot at the deadline they would move Hall. If they were out, yes, that's a different story. But as, and I, I think the Islanders have to explore it, obviously. But I just have a feeling that they're going to hold on to Hall and just see where the chips fall. Yeah, I mean the Pacific is is so tight right now. Yes. I mean they're they're tied for the first. Actually, they're tied for with Vegas mm-hmm. for the third uh, spot in the Pacific. They have the first wild card. They're only a point behind Edmonton. I know they played two game two more games, but who knows? I mean, that, no one saw this the way the Pacific broke out this year. Right. You know, it, it's great. Vancouver having a tremendous year. They're really good. After I mean, seeing them on Saturday, just confirmed yeah. it. I mean, I don't. I mean, they're going to be good for years. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, Travis Green, we all know, will probably <laughs> will probably get uh, Jack Adams consideration. I mean, John Tortorella probably has locked them locked up if they make I the think, playoffs. Yeah, if Columbus makes the playoffs, you have to get yeah. But I think Green's in the finals as well. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, and probably Mike Sullivan because uh, they, they've been a disaster with all the injuries. Yeah, and they, they yeah, battled yeah, they've and they're dangerous. Also, you have to consider whatever coach, whatever team fired their coach, who <laughs> did the best afterwards. Yeah, right. It's it's true. That's usually a kiss of death. So maybe Rick, maybe bonus. Maybe. Rick bonus. Speaking of another former Islander coach, right. Rick <sighs> bonus. That's for sure. But uh, before we move on, I apologize for not mentioning this last week. But we are sponsored by VintageIceHockey.com. Yes, we are. Sorry, Kevin. Um, huh. Great website every Monday. New uh, logos come out. The the material is great. The um, shipping is quick. It's painless. It's free. Uh, ton of new logos every week. Uh, and if you use the code BUZZ15, you get 50% off your order. Uh, Islander fans, the Capital District Islanders are now on there. Right. I got my t-shirt there. Um, Isles Buzz stuff is on there. If you want a really yeah. nice Isles Buzz t-shirt, sweatshirt, mug, it's all on there. Uh, VintageDiceHockey.com. Use the code BUZZ15. Right. And like you can, especially with the new releases every Monday, there there's so many things on there. And actually, like one of the... Um, one of the uh, the team, my my uh, my girlfriend Kelly, her stepdad played for the uh, the New York Raiders. Okay. Uh, they were uh, the little known team that played like in Manhattan and, and Long Island, a junior team. Right. Uh, they didn't they didn't last many years, but he played for them. Uh, their their logos on there, their jerseys on there, uh, their t-shirts and stuff around there too. So uh, that's pretty cool. Also, um, uh, he he keeps telling me, uh, Kevin told me that there's gonna be some New Haven stuff coming on there soon. Just trying to get the Nighthawks. Oh, that's so cool. give them the yeah. I am gonna I will I will definitely splurge and get give me a, a new game my hot city. Yeah, I, I look on there. I I just put stuff like that. Was, right that now. was an Islanders pre- uh, team at one time. It was. Yes, the Islanders had quite a few teams, and you know what? It's funny. Springfield Indians, Springfield Indians, uh, Kentucky Thoroughbreds. And it's funny because we're doing the life has to look back and talk to these players. Utah Grizzlies. Yes. Yeah. Utah Grizzlies. Uh, Chicago low, Wolves. Low lock monsters. All, all these teams, and like every one of these guys has at least played for one of those teams. That's fantastic. And I spoke to someone yesterday. Capital City, Capital District, Capital District, right. District Islanders. And I, that's terrible name. Yeah. Uh, spoiler: I had uh, Graham Townsend. I interviewed him. Yeah. You know, the first um, black Islander, um, and uh, he was Capital District Islanders. Mm-hmm. Was huge. Um, huge. That was huge. That he was a great interview. That will be coming shortly. And a couple other guys, you know, been Kentucky, been Utah. So it really bounced around for it until they got to Bridgeport. Yeah, they've been in Bridgeport for twenty years now. Yeah, I know it's it's crazy because yeah. it seems like you know twenty years they had like twenty different locations, but now they have some stability. Some, ah, 
stability. And, Not success, uh, but stability. Yeah, especially this year. Uh, yeah. It's funny because Bridgeport, once they debuted, they made it to the Calder. Yeah, I know. I remember that, that, that one that's, year. That's what got me to like the Islanders. Yeah, I, I, that's how I started liking the Islanders. Yeah, they were great. You know, Steve Sterling, former Islander, was coaching that team. Oh yeah. And then ever since then, it's just been a struggle. But you know, and then people knock on Brent Thompson all the time. Because they have the AHL TV and they're watching every game. Yeah, exactly. And but no, I think coach, I think it is fair. There is it, it is fair to get rid yeah. of him. Okay, now how do you warrant success in the AHL? Is it just wins and losses? No, or it's, how, it's, how, it's how good the players are when they come right. up. That's okay. how I that's how I evaluate my coach. Right. And defensively, he's done a fantastic job. Yes. But the high end talent down the high end forwards down there have not been developed. No, because outside of maybe Ryan Strom, that took a little while. Right. It took a little while. Uh, well, I mean, he wasn't. Was he there when he was not there for Lee or Nelson? No, I, th- I think was it Tapu Wano was yes. there before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they really, I mean, Hubert Bellows, which he's, he's been very streaky down there. Mm-hmm. But he, which I like about Thompson is he's not afraid to scratch players. No, he's not. whether they're prospects or not, and he scratched Bellows for a couple games. Talked with him about getting his game on, and since then he played really well. And Bellows even. You know, credit Thompson for that. No, we he's, all know. he's a fine coach. It's just I think, I think there needs to be a change on there. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I'm would not be you know against it, but I mean, a lot of people knock him just because they see the record. But a lot of things go into you know an AHL team, right? You know, you know, injuries. You know, a point ups. one time there had like ten ECHL guys on the, on the team. That's not that's yeah, not going to work. You know, and they lost a lot of their good goalies veterans. have been horrific. Yeah, I mean, Chris, uh, Chris Gibson has been hurt. And all the other goalies have been horrific. They've been, they've been terrible. Uh, a lot of times, Linus lot of, a lot of has been hurt. Yep. Uh, Jacob Skarek has been, been should, really should be in the ECHL. Yeah, which and that's where he is. He is now. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they lost one of their uh, better defensemen the whole year. Tanner Prince has been out the whole year. He's been out all year. You figured they'd get help from Hickey this year. Right. Which they really haven't. Uh, Bodie Wild's been kind of up and down. Hey, Josh Hosting just scored. Oh, look at that, Josh Hosting. Twelve minutes ago, I didn't even mention him. Yeah. You're the one who did from Kovala and Aho. Okay, so there you go. It's a couple Islanders from the Islanders yep. shuttle right That's there, right. Um, the N95 uh, shuttle. But um, some other news. Speaking of stability, um, it looks like the Belmont Arena is going to be opening on time, which is really good. Um, Randy Marshall from the Newsday had an article. The Newsday. The Newsday. The Newsday. The Newsday. Uh, that it looks like it's going to be open start of uh, October of 2021, and the lease required that the developers pay $20 million to the state up front mm-hmm. as of November twenty, uh, November 7th of uh, past year. It was received. I'm not sure if the Met money was received. <laughs> That's another story for another time. Uh, and it looks like the developers will give money each year, $20 million this November, another 10 in early 2021, and then they make yearly payments after that of two point two four million for twenty nine years. Okay. Uh, so it looks like things are, you know, doing pretty well. What's interesting is the naming rights. And um, it looks like the loan is from Bank of America. Okay. So that could be an option for a naming. Yeah. I don't care what they call the place. As long right. as it's open, you can see and BOA. BOA, which is perfect. Blown Orange Army. Yeah, exactly. Um, which would be kind of funny if they somehow get Barclays involved. No, that's a joke. No, I think Bank of America is fine. Bank of America, yeah, because I don't think they're going anywhere. Because you look in Buffalo, right? They've had the arena there for I think 
for 25 years. Right. Oh, it's been how many days? It started as the Marine Midland Center. Okay. Marine, I can't remember. Then it went to HSBC, Key Bank. I forgot what it's called now. I think every period it changes. They have it like, you know how they have the billboards on the side and yeah. the Hebrews hitting? Hebrew I think hitting. outside the arena. They have like during the All-Star game. game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it's... What is it now? Is it Key Bank? I, I don't know. I think it is Key Bank. Is it, is it Key Bank? I'm not positive. That's the problem when you, you name uh, arenas after phone companies and banks. Yeah, They change all the time. Look at um, the Giants Stadium. I didn't, what's it called now? It's no not Pac Bell anymore. Oh, no. Oh, um, not Oracle. It's Oracle. It's Oracle. Oracle. I think it's Oracle, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and it changes all the time. It's it's really funny, but um, I don't think they're going to be calling it. Key Bank Center. Key Bank Center. Yep. Okay, we'll see how long that lasts. And in Philadelphia, the, the Flyers that named that team. Is it Wachovia still? What is it's, it? I think it's Wachovia, but it was First Union it was for a while. Union, it was yeah. something else. It was like Wells Fargo for a while. Wells Fargo. Yeah. It might be Wells Fargo now. It right? might be Wells Fargo now. Yeah. I think it was Wachovia, now it's Wells Fargo. Well, I can't, can't keep track of yeah, it It's impossible. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, these, these are like iconic arenas, you know, it's like... Yeah, exactly. They're all cookie cutter. It's called yeah. Belmont Park. Yeah. I should Belmont would pony up a little... Bad. Hey, Belmont, Belmont would pony up a little money. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, I think you think they pony up a little money for that. I don't know. You, you, you would hope. But, you know, if, if, if uh, a place like Bank of America is going to be $200 million for naming rights, you take it. Yeah. It's, that's what it is. You know, but it's not the money. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And it looks like the uh, Floral Park group has filed another lawsuit, you know, that the whole arena was hatched before the um, the RFA, RFP, whatever. whatever, it's a, you know, I cannot wait thing. to, I cannot wait to, for people to just drive around Floral Park and randomly honk. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But you know what, the most interesting thing that I, I kind of saw in this whole thing was that um, they can't, anyone cannot build on state Lands own lands another arena to play pro hockey within a five mile radius. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's not going to happen. I don't right. think anyone's moving here Rangers for that. Just going to move next door. Yeah, exactly. And the expansion team or something. But yeah, it's it's um that, that was kind of funny. But um yeah, it looks like things are progressing. I mean, if they have to start the season on the road in twenty one twenty two, they do for a little while. Sure. But yeah, I mean, Islander fans, we're going to arena soon. We'll be there opening night. Yeah, absolutely. Build a candy store there for you. Yeah. You said Carvel. Because you, you look at um, Barclays, they have that one ice cream spot in the um, in the candy store. Or at least with NASA, they have Mr. Softy. Softy sucks. It's better than it's nothing. Not, it's garbage. Carvel's so much better. Well, Carvel is better, but I mean, Mr. Softy is better than what they had in the candy store. You should have Ralph's in there. That's what Ralph's is pretty good. Ralph's is fantastic. Ralph's is the Long Island Institute. Yeah, you get Hagen Dogs. Probably $20 for the phone. It's so expensive anyway. Yeah, there's like crystal meth in it. <laughs> exactly. All right, we're going to wrap this up. I'm going to eat lunch. Yeah, all right. Well, where can we find you on it? Uh, uh, you can find me online uh, on the Twitter and on the Instagram at dandannoodle78. And I'm the first Noel19. Be sure to like uh, on the page uh, on Facebook. Go to lighthousehockey.com for all your Islander insight. And we'll see you next week.